Hi, my name's Rob Pine. I am the champion of the underdog. Thank you for coming to my new podcast, which you will hear regularly. I'll be talking to my friends, Anthony Mick, and anyone else who listens about all this shit that is going down. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. And I have today uh, your progressive reading of the week uh, from The Guardian. And it is from one of our very favorite people, Giannis Varoufakis. And it is entitled... Hoping for a return to normal after Trump? That's the last thing we need. Normalcy and the restoration of a modicum of decorum to the White House. That is what many elite supporters of Joe Biden hope for now that he has won the election. But the rest of us are turned off by this meagre ambition. Voters who loathe Trump celebrate his loss but the majority rue the return to what used to pass as normalcy or ethical. When Trump contracted COVID-19, his opponents feared he might benefit from a sympathy vote. But Trump is not a normal president seeking voter sympathy. He doesn't do sympathy. He neither needs it nor banks on it. Trump trades on anger, weaponizes hatred, and meticulously cultivates the dread with which the majority of Americans have been living after the financial bubble burst in 2008. Obscenities and contempt for the rules of polite society were his means of connecting with a large section of American society. The reason 2008 was a momentous year wasn't just because of the magnitude of the crisis, but because it was the year when normalcy or normality was shattered once and for all. The original post-war social contract broke in the early 1970s, yielding permanent real median wage earnings stagnation. It was replaced by a promise to America's working class of another route to prosperity. Rising house prices, financialized pension schemes, When Wall Street's House of Cards collapsed in 2008, so did this post-war social contract between America's working class and its rulers. After the crash of 2008, big business deployed central bank money that reflowed Wall Street to buy back their own shares, sending share prices and naturally their directors' bonuses through the stratosphere while starving Main Street of serious investment in good quality jobs. A majority of Americans were thus treated in quick succession to negative equity, home repossessions, collapsing pension kitties and casualized work. All that against the spectacle of watching wealth and power concentrate in the hands of so few. By 2016, the majority of Americans were deeply frustrated. On the one hand, they lived with the private anguish caused by the permanent austerity to which their communities had been immersed since 2008. On the other, they could see a ruling class whose losses were socialised by the government, which defined the response to the crash. Donald Trump simply took advantage of that frustration. And he did so with tactics that, to this day, keep his liberal opponents in disarray. 
Democrats protested that Trump was a nobody and thus unfit to be president. That did not work in a society shaped by media, which for years has elevated inconsequential celebrities. Even worse for Trump's opponents, portraying him as incompetent is a known goal. Donald J. Trump is not merely incompetent. George Bush was merely incompetent. No, Trump is much worse than that. Trump combines gross incompetence with rare competence. On the one hand, he cannot string two decent sentences together to make a point, and has failed spectacularly to protect millions of Americans from COVID-19. But on the other hand, he tore up NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, that took decades to put together. Remarkably, he replaced it swiftly with one that is certainly not worse, at least from the perspective of American blue-collar workers or even Mexican factory workers who now enjoy an hourly wage considerably more than before. Moreover, despite his belligerent posturing, Trump not only kept his promise to not start new wars, but additionally, he withdrew American troops from a variety of theatres where their presence had caused considerable misery with no tangible benefits for peace or, indeed, American influence. Trump's opponents also frequently called him a liar. But Trump is not simply a liar. Bill Clinton lied. Again, Trump is far worse. He has an ability to spew the most incredible untruths, while, at the very same time, telling crucial truths that no president would ever admit to. For example, when accused that he was defunding the post office for electoral gain, he destabilised his accusers by admitting that, yes, he was restricting funding to the United States Postal Service to make it harder for Democrats to vote. Trump's rudeness to his opponents, however dis dis disagreeable, might have, been, might have brought some relief to the forgotten Americans who associated Biden's politeness with the gentle mercies that the former vice president reserves for Wall Street and the super-rich who bankrolled his campaign. Not unreasonably, they see Biden as a polite emissary of the bankers who repossess their homes and, at once, a member of the administration that bailed out, with public money, those same bankers. They hear Biden's sleek, well-mannered speeches about unity, respect, tolerance and bringing citizens together and they think, no thanks, I don't want to be united with or tolerant of those who get rich by shoving me in a hole. To them, Trump's behaviour is an ugly but welcome manifestation of solidarity with ordinary folk who feel empowered by the combination of the president's vulgarity and his evocations of America's irrepressible greatness, even if, deep down, they never expected their prospects to improve significantly when America becomes great again. The tragedy of progressives is that Trump supporters are not entirely wrong. The Democratic Party has demonstrated time and time again its determination to prevent any challenge to the powerful that are responsible for the pain, anger and humiliation that propelled Trump to the White House. Democrats can talk until the cows come home about racial justice, the need for more women in positions of power, the rights of the LGBT community, etc. But the momentum politicians like Bernie Sanders, the moment politicians like Bernie Sanders threaten to challenge the power structures that keep black Americans 
women and minorities and the poor in society's margins, they go all out to stop him. Trump supporters are unlikely to articulate this in so many words. However, their contempt for the liberal establishment is rooted in the realisation that the rich Democrats behind the Biden-Harris ticket won't ever truly change conditions for the poor. Any redistribution of wealth and power that threatens their kids' trust funds or soaring asset prices on Wall Street are off limits, and those voters know that. Against this background, however hard Biden tries to speak the language of some Green New Deal, no one can imagine him uttering a phrase like Franklin Roosevelt's who, referring to the bankers, once said, they are unanimous in their hate for me and I welcome their hatred. Without a readiness to confront the greatest concentration of corporate power in the history of the United States, even the most amiable of presidents will fail to deliver either social justice or serious climate change mitigation. At least Trump wasn't hypocritical, his supporters may well say. So yes, Joe Biden has won, and thank goodness for that. But let's understand that he did so despite, not because of, his social graces or promise to restore normality to the White House. The confluence of discontent that powered Trump to power in 2016 has not gone away. To pretend like it has is only to invite further disaster for America and the rest of the world. Now, I think that's a very insightful piece uh, by Yanis. Yanis Varoufakis is the co-founder of DIEM25, D-I-E-M-25, Democracy in Europe Movement. He's a former finance minister of Greece and the author of And the Weak Suffer What They Must, Europe's Crisis and America's Economic Future. Um, so I'd commend his work to you. And um, if you would like to read that, um, error-free, um, you can go to The Guardian, which published that uh, quite recently. Again, the title, Hoping for a Return to Normal After Trump. That's the last thing we need. Uh, thank you, and uh, have a good weekend. Thanks, comrades.